0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, for the second time this season, the Royals have now lost four games in a row, getting shut out for the second time in the last three nights and dropping game one of four against the Twins, two to nothing in front of 37,000 plus at the K. It's Devo on your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation as we break down another frustrating Royals effort against longtime nemesis, Kyle Cy Gibson pitches like he's Cy Young against the Royals, although well, they did beat him earlier this year. Let's make sure we note that. But it, gosh, it's just frustrating facing Gibson. And once again tonight, we're going to break down this game for you. Talk about the offense and the approach in particular. We're going to preview the next three and we'll also tell you the level of concern you should have. Hint. Not very high. But first, we began with our player of the game, as we always do here on Clubhouse Conversation. For the sixth time this year, we'll give it to Mike Mustakas, who goes one for three with a walk. A single and a walk earns player of the game. That's the kind of night it was for the Royals. And you could easily say, why not Chris Young? And okay, you can make that argument, but we we detailed two nights ago, you know, the Royals need innings out of their starting rotation. So five and a third, while well, he pitched a good game and only gave up one, thanks to the MacGyver work of Franklin Morales out of the bullpen, while he only gave up one, he didn't give the Royals six innings. So I'm not going to reward that on this particular evening, you know, after we had that talk. And it's not only the, you know, extra innings the relievers are having to cover, it's the roster management. Guys having to play banged up because you only have a three-man bench because you need so many relievers. So You know, we'll talk more about the pitching here in a minute. You know, and Chris Young was good overall, so, you know, no negatives there. But just saying, that's the reason why I choose Moose over him for player of the game. Now, offensively tonight against Gibson, the Royals, not a single extra base hit. The good news was they did walk four times. The bad news was they struck out eight times. So four walks, eight Ks, Royals leaving seven on base. But, yeah, no extra base hits. The Royals did, though, have two pretty decent chances to score runs tonight. Let's go back to the bottom of the fourth inning. You get a one-out single from Lorenzo Cain, and a heads-up bunt single from Eric Hosmer. Moose also did the same thing tonight, so two of those for the Royals. So you have first and second with one out. Unfortunately, Kendris Morales grounds into a force-out. Runners at the corners now with two outs. Alex Gordon draws a key walk. Nice patient A.B. for Alex, who continues to walk at amazing rates and have the best on-base season he's had in many years. But then you have Salvi called out on strikes to end the inning, and I thought he could have been rung up even the pitch before that, too. So you leave him loaded there in the fourth, okay? All right, you're still down. What, 1-0 at that point? You go fast forward to the eighth now. Omar Infante, nice at bat, a single right back through the middle off of Gibson. Gerard Dyson comes in as a pinch runner. Nice move by Ned Yost. He swipes second. But then Alcides Escobar does not advance the runner, and that was frustrating because... It was a ground out to third baseman Trevor Plouffe. I mean, there was no effort. It it was a pitch on the inner half of the plate. So, I mean, let's not act like he was trying to pull a pitch outside, though the Royals continue to do plenty of that, more on that in a second. But it was frustrating that Alcides couldn't inside out that ball or fight it off and try to move that runner to third base. Okay, whatever. Still one out and still got Dyson at second. A nice walk to Mike Moustakis. So, again, first and second one out for the Royals. But then Lorenzo Cain... Stays in again. or I should say, uh, Gibson stays in against Lorenzo Kane, which semi-surprised me. With Gibson north of 100 pitches by then, Kane unfortunately strikes out. There was the 0-1 pitch was the you know the, the key pitch of that at bat where Kane swung at a fastball down. It was extremely late on it. A ball at his shoe tops so that really put him in a hole there. You know, giving him the second strike, getting him down to the count there. Eventually struck out. And then Eric Hosmer, a uh, pretty good at bat, but grounds out Dozier to Maurer. 4-3. And that's all that she wrote in the eighth inning as the Royals go 1-2-3 in the ninth against Glenn Perkins, who gets his 26th save of the year. I was hoping for some magic with you had, you know, Salvi and Gordo coming up there in the ninth. I was flashing back to that game where Gordo hit the home run against, you know, Perkins to blow the save and get the Royals the win last year, the walk-off style. I was hoping for that, but it did end up happening tonight. And One last comment on the offense tonight. It's frustrating, but tonight's not near as frustrating as last night for me for some reason. I was pretty frustrated in Houston, you know, at the Houston game last night with how things ended up there. And it's not just because my house almost got blown away by a tornado. I mean, that that might have contributed to the overall experience of the evening. But, you know, the Royals get the lead last night, three nothing, and get down by two. And Dyson comes back with a triple to tie it up. And then you hit Jose Altuve. And. You know, a controversial play goes against you again from New York. And I just always thought the Royals were going to win last night. So I was much more frustrated about last night. Tonight, I'm not that frustrated. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But the thing I don't like about the Royals' offense right now, and they did have a stretch we just talked about. You know, they've been shut out, you know, six runs in the last four games and shut out twice. That's noted during this four game losing streak. However, the Royals did have a stretch of, what, eight out of 10 games where they had 10 hits or more. So they were hitting fairly recently. And we talked about how impressive that was because the offense really isn't clicking yet. So the fact that the Royals were able to put up all those hits and win those games to me was very impressive and a great sign because. Up and down that lineup, guys aren't clicking. Kane's not totally clicking. He's getting better the last three or four games. Maybe playing injured is good for him. Who knows? Hosmer's been really struggling and fighting himself. You you, you know, obviously, Rios has been awful, you know, since being injured. Going to give him more time. Going to give him 50 to 75 more bats before I panic about that. But, I mean, you've had a lot of things up and down which made it impressive that the Royals were winning all those games at that point. Now, Escobar's not getting on base as much as you like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Moose, men slumping as of late. The one thing that worries me about right now, and it's just the fact that the Royals have so many hitters intent on trying to pull everything. Hosmer is kind of in that mold right now. And good grief, Salvi, and, and especially Rios on those breaking pitches, low and away every time. A, they swing, and B, they try to pull it. And yes, it works, especially for Salvi. He's proven he can hit that, AKA the wild card game. But, you know, when Salvi came up the first couple of years, I remember him taking that pitch and rifling it off the right center field fence, rifling it into right field. Where's that approach? Where's opposite field? Rios is a guy who I, I guess I haven't watched him close enough for enough years where I can accurately judge whether he's a good, effective right field hitter. I can look at spray charts and such, but I mean, to me, Rios is not hitting for any power when he does connect, pulling the ball. So if that's the case. I mean, it's not like hitting the ball to right field is going to make him punch and Judy. He's already punching Judy. So, you know, use the right side of the field. Get you going. Get the pitchers off you because they're going to keep throwing you those breaking balls. I mean, Rios, especially on those sliders, is just getting absolutely buried during his ABs, trying to pull everything. Might be time for a day off for him soon if you can ever get Dyson and Kane healthy enough where you can play both of them at the same time in the outfield. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not giving up on Rios. I mean, I have seen some good things out of him. I think think he gives you, outside of the mind-blowingly odd, not adapting during these recent at-bats. Outside of that, he does give you professional at-bats. He does have fairly good pitch recognition and the ability to make adjustments during games. I have seen some of that, but you haven't seen it recently. So I'm, I'm going to give Rios another uh, you know, least to this homestand and shortly after the All-Star break before I start clamoring for moves. I don't think it's, we're to that point yet at all. And I'm not panicked yet either. Four games in a row, big whoop. Royals are still in great shape. Now, pitching-wise, nice job by Chris Young. Again, I, I want to see more innings out of him, but we know that he's not here to give you 200 innings. That's not his job. His job is to do what he did tonight, keep you in the game, one run in five and a third, turn it over to the bullpen, and Franklin Morales, a great job. A guy who doesn't get much fanfare, ERA around two eight. He comes in and has turned pretty dominant against lefties, if you look at the numbers over the last 10 to 15 appearances. Stranded, a big runner, ending in a third, no runs on one hit with two Ks from Morales. Another impressive Dayton Moore and company pickup. So many of them on, up and down this roster, especially some of the quote-unquote reclamation projects from Matson to Young to Blanton to uh, uh, Morales even, who got roughed up big time last year. Luke ever a strand job in the seventh as well. Herrera, shutout eighth. Uh, Eduardo Escobar with the triple, the two-out triple in the ninth to get another run and to make it 2 nothing, and that was all that she wrote, four in a row now for the Royals. But let's talk about the rest of the series. As far as being concerned goes, if the Royals lose this series, you can be a little little frustrated, mildly concerned. If the Royals split this series or do better, there's no concern. Zero. And I love the Royals the next three games. Tommy Malone and Jeremy Guthrie. Now, this is a tricky matchup because the Royals have hit Malone twice this year. Five and a third, one outing, five and two thirds. The other is getting three and four runs against him. I mean, hitting hard might be a little bit of a stretch. Four runs and five and two thirds, three runs and five and a third. But they've done pretty well against Malone this year. And ever since he went to Minnesota, they lit him up like a Christmas tree once last year. But with that said, Malone has been great the last handful of starts. Six shutout innings his last start at Milwaukee on two hits. Before that, six innings, two runs against the White Sox. Before that, seven innings, one run against St. Louis. Before that, seven innings, two runs against Texas. Malone, the 3.19 ERA. The numbers don't lie. He's been pretty good since being recalled from AAA. Jeremy Guthrie was speaking of very good. Just that, at Oakland, getting the win with six innings of two runs, seven-hit ball on Sunday, striking out seven with the walk. Jay Guts has faced Minnesota once this year, five innings, three runs, on six hits. Toss-up game. I'll take the rails at home. Better ball club, uh, Tommy Malone, come back down to earth. You've been pretty damn good the last handful of outings. About time for you to lay up a four-run and six-inning spot tomorrow with Guthrie going six innings, three runs, and the Royals eking out a victory tomorrow evening. Mike Pelfrey and Joe Blanton, I love this matchup for the Royals' offense. Pelfrey, his worst start of the year, two-plus innings, eight runs. And it's not just his last start. His last four outings, Pelfrey with an 8-9-5. This year against KC did, though, throw seven shutout innings back on April 22nd, getting the win that day. It'll be Blanton's first appearance of the year against Minnesota, of course, coming off that brutal start. Uh, One more brutal start by Blanton will get him likely DFA'd and or on the DL, I would think. We shall see. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it's a good game for Blanton, and the roster crunch comes true, we were talking about the other day. You know, you send Finnegan down when they activate Ventura, but, you know, when you bring back Vargas in, let's say, right after the All-Star break, and you bring back Medlin, who goes then? Blanton? Who else? So hopefully that's a, a problem the Royals have. That would be a great luxury to have. Irvin Santana and Danny Duffy finish off the series. Santana's first start of the year after the PEDs, obviously. Duffy a 5-4-4. And Duffy, a guy who's had a, a, you know, a disappointing season, but at least you know I, I was not as encouraged by his last outing as many were. Because he still did get, you know, give up a four spot. I mean, he did go six and two thirds. So there were six of ten starts this year for Duffy. He didn't go more than five innings. So sixty percent of the time, he's gone less than five innings. So six and two thirds is encouraging, especially when he struggled. You know, after that two-run home run he gave up in that series, but it was good to see Guthrie or sorry Duffy come back and and stay in the game against the Astros after Springer tattooed a ball the other night. Duffy has faced Minnesota once this year. Was good back on April thirteenth. Six and a third, three runs on six hits. I don't know. I, I like the Royals to win two of the next three, they probably get the split in this series and okay, turn the page and move on at that point. You still maintain the same lead you have when you came in a four and a half games, Detroit's probably five or six back at that point. And you have one week till the all-star break and hopefully you can get a nice little stretch going, maybe a four and three week next week. So that's kind of what I look at. We'll have it again for you tomorrow night on clubhouse conversation. Look forward by the way, to being joined by JJ Piccolo. One of the really good guys in baseball front offices around the MLB. JJ will join us tomorrow morning. Hope you'll check that out. We'll talk a little bit, of of course, about the current day Royals, but also a lot about his background. Very interesting guy is JJ Piccolo. That's coming up tomorrow. And have several interesting former Royals coming up next week, including Pete LeCocq. I may have hunted down and found Renelvis Hernandez. So lots of exciting stuff coming up here. Tell a friend about us. Subscribe on iTunes. Get all of the interviews and podcasts dumped directly into your iTunes when you subscribe. Clubhouseconversation.com. Bookmark us at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter and Clubhouse Conversation on the Facebook. Have a good night. Go Royals!